Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. And I'm sitting here with my wife, Ashley. Hello, it's great to be here. Today we're talking about something that affects one out of every five people or more. Some of the statistics say as many as one in three. It affects all of us across the board, even um, infants, strange enough. Yeah. And it's becoming one of the growing markets for medication. Um, it used to be that people would use something maybe over the counter or a home remedy, but now what they've done is taken a symptom and turn it into a condition so that they can now prescribe um, meds for this across the board. The problem is that now the research on the medications for this condition are actually being linked to cancer of the very organ system that the uh, the symptom is of. So if you haven't caught on by now, what we're talking about is we're talking about digestive function. Acid reflux is the symptom or indigestion or heartburn. The condition, because you can't make a drug for a symptom, you make a drug for a condition. So they had to create a condition. They literally start manufacturing diseases out of ordinary things that people deal with on a daily basis. And the condition is called GERD, GERD. Um, it's a gastrointestinal esophageal reflux disorder. And you guys have heard of all the drugs, you know, from omeprazole, Prilosec. Uh, there's countless others. It used to be you'd chew on a Tums and uh, <laughs> maybe drink some milk. Drink some milk, yeah. Stop eating crappy food. Yeah, right. But nowadays, it's a whole disorder or um, disease process. So uh, our goal today is to really break this down and talk about how, how do we get this under control? How do we get it under control from a dietary standpoint? How do we get it under control from a lifestyle standpoint? Are there things that can affect it? Are there things like postures? Are there, um, are there things you can be doing? Chiropractic, what's chiropractic's role in this? So... Um, this is such a good topic today. And you know what's interesting is that I think that there are specific things. I know that there are specific things that you hear when you walk into a doctor's office and you have the you have acid reflux. I experienced acid reflux, which by definition, when I'm, when I'm looking at the medical definition, so they're saying that GERD happens when a muscle at the end of your esophagus does not close properly. It allows your stomach contents to leak back or reflux into the esophagus, and that irritates it. That's right? interesting. Just out of curiosity, what do you think controls that muscle? <laughs> that is a great... Just to give a little prelude into where this might end up going. Where, where are we going here? I love it. Do you think... Do you think I mean... Do you think a nerve might control that muscle? I, I absolutely believe that, yes. In fact, yeah, there is a nerve that controls that muscle. And what's interesting is they admit that it's a problem with a valve or a muscle, right? A muscle, right. the valve is the muscle. But yet, do we ever really go a step further? And the funny thing is medicine is like very good at painting the picture of what what the effect is or what, what the what the problem wrong is, but they never like take it back and go, okay, what, what controls that? Okay. What controls that? Okay. Right. What controls that? And taking it back to the very beginning, like where's the cause? Where does it fall? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where is the cause? Okay. So this is interesting. Now I like this I, 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 to preframe. Um, you feel a burning in your chest or throat and they call it heartburn. So sometimes you can even taste stomach fluid in the back of your mouth. Now they're saying if you have these symptoms more than twice a week, you may have GERD. 
you may have that condition if you're feeling that more than twice a week. I can definitely tell you that when I was pregnant, I had a, a lot of heartburn going on, a lot of acid reflux, a lot of heartburn. I probably would have been diagnosed with this. Um, now, you know, what's interesting is that they have some tips, too, for um, if you're looking in the in the medical space of how um, to lessen, how to improve your symptoms of this. I'd love to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear this. You're, <laughs> Don't eat. You're going you're gonna to love it. Okay, so it says avoid alcohol and spicy, fatty, or acidic foods that trigger heartburn. So no acidic foods, no fatty foods, and no spicy foods, and no right. alcohol. What are uh, some of that's, that's restriction number one. Right, right. Number two is eat smaller meals. Okay. Okay, number three would be not eating close to bedtime. Okay, so you're not allowed to eat at night. And number four is losing weight if needed. Yep. And then the last one is to wear loose, loose fitting clothing. <laughs> so, so the tight clothing is causing reflux internally. Honestly, I can't even, that's not a, that's medline dot medline plus.gov. That's a government site that are giving those recommendations. If you have GERD, if the you government have always reflux. gives all the best health recommendations. We know this because if you look at the food pyramid, you know that that that's what healthy nutrition looks like, right? Sure. Where you have the base of the pyramid is uh, bread, carbohydrates, <laughs> right? All the stuff that everyone knows when they eat it, they put on tons of weight, and yet the government tells us we need six to eight servings of that every single day. So we know we can trust that source, right? Um, oh, here's here's the reality is that your clothes being too tight isn't what's causing your acid reflux. Amen. Um, the, the meal you're eating is not what's causing your acid reflux. How do we know that? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Spicy foods always give me acid reflux. Yeah, but you're sitting down with your friends at the Mexican restaurant. You guys are all eating the same spicy food, and they're getting re- you're getting reflux, and they're not. Yep. And you're eating the same meal. How could it be the spicy food? Then everyone who's eating spicy food should be getting acid reflux, right? So we can rule out the fact that it's the spicy food. It's, it's how you react to the spicy food due to what's going on in your body, not in the food. Yep. has nothing to do with the food. It has everything to do with the way that you adapt to the food internally. You take something external, you consume it, it becomes something inside your body, your body's reacting to it. And then what happens is as a result of that, you actually have a bad reaction Yet somebody else doesn't have that same negative reaction. So it's not the food. It's your inability or ability to adapt. So that's the, that's the big issue there. We're going to talk about where that adaptation comes from and how, how that really functions. But I just want to spend a couple seconds just talking about, you know, if this is something you're dealing with at any time in the show, any condition we ever talk about, any of this, what's beautiful is every week we talk about a different topic and people call in related to that topic and we address almost everything in our office the same way. We address everything through a five essentials approach. So we deal with the mindset about how they think about their health because that's most important because if you're not looking at your health through the lens of cause... If you're not looking at your health, you know, not just looking at the symptoms, but looking at the cause of the problem, not, not just being reactive, but being proactive, not just looking to get relief, but to, to get correction, um, then you're never going to be healthy and so, unless you're doing that properly. So mindset first. Number two, we always work with the nervous system second, always. The reason we work with the nervous system second, it is the organ the system that's controlling everything in your entire body. So if your if your nervous system has dysfunction or distress to it, it doesn't matter what is going on, you're going to heal more poorly if there are problems with your nervous system. 
Then we start fixing the nutrition because the nutrition is a key role in getting your body the, the, the nutrition it needs to heal. We deal with exercise and toxicity after that to make sure that we're supporting healing in the body. So if you want a five essentials approach to your healthcare, if you're looking for someone that's going to help you get well by addressing the five areas of, of life that really control health and function and healing, then you're looking for our office and give us a call at 513-777-7575 or better yet, in fact, we're finding out this is the best way to do this. Go on our website, mm-hmm. alignhealthcenter.com, A-L-I-G-N, alignhealthcenter.com, and fill out some uh, new patient request. If you guys want to hear more on topics like this, make sure that you're checking out our podcast on iTunes called Align Your Health. Coming up, we're going to talk about how to get rid of that reflux for good. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to 55KRC, the talk station. This is Align Your Health, the show about maximizing your health without drugs and surgery. And today we're talking about GERD, acid reflux, indigestion. Um, I, I wish I had the commercial memorized for Pepto-Bismol, upset <laughs> stomach, diarrhea, etc. Any of that stuff. The uh, Isn't it like plop, plop, fizz, fizz, or, or is that not? No. Oh, that, that a that's, a, <laughs> that's literally something that we had to sing in the bathroom when we went to the bathroom in my fraternity. <laughs> That's what I make yeah. the kids sing when they go to the bathroom. You can tell I don't watch TV ever. I don't I don't know. No, it's upset stomach, diarrhea, blah, blah. It's all the symptoms. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, you guys know what we're talking about, like the pink stuff, right? Pepto-Bismol, Tums. People, some, some of you guys, some, some people literally listening right now have been chewing Tums um, oh, for man. years and, and decades. And what happens is that, that calcium, when you chew that Tums, that calcium goes into the digestive system. That calcium actually causes a reaction that happens, and I forget all the biochemistry behind this, but it actually causes your stomach to produce more of the acid because you're using an outside-in approach to neutralize the acid. Right. So then you're, you're innately, your body goes, wait a minute, all this acid is being neutralized. We can't possibly digest food properly. So it creates more acid, and what happens is your acid reflux actually gets worse. You know, one of the most disturbing things right now, I was just reading this a second ago, pull this up so I don't misquote it, but... There has been a significant increase um, in digestive-related cancer, stomach cancer and esophageal cancer in people who are on medications for gastrointestinal reflux disorder, you know, mm. esophageal reflux disorder. So you're on a drug for a symptom, which they've now called a condition, which is reflux. Right. And then as a result of being on that drug, the drug's actually causing an increase in stomach cancer. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yep. And so the very thing you're on a drug for, actually you get the worst version of it, which is cancer of that same organ, simply by taking the drug. I was looking at the diagnosis. You know, the, the diagnosis GERD has not been around that long. Uh, people were, were using that term. It's been just less than a couple decades. And what's interesting is the the diagnosing of this condition really started peaking around 2005 is when when they they, they started using the terminology. So what happened sure. was people still had indigestion. Yeah. <laughs> indigestion was there. Well, they came out with this new term and they said, oh, you know, the symptom of indigestion, you know, it's a symptom, but it's a symptom of what? Well, there, we got to call it a disorder because we can't prescribe a drug for a unless there's a disorder or a condition. You can't prescribe a drug for a condition. You can give an OTC, but not... 
an over-the-counter, but not a you know, prescription pharmaceutical drug because it has to go. The way it has to go is symptom comes in. There's a diagnosis that goes with it. Diagnosis means condition or disease. And then the diagnosis of the condition or disease then fast tracks you to getting the therapy, which is always a pharmaceutical traditionally. Right. And so they had to call it something first. So they call it GERD. And most doctors initially were like, that's a bullcrap diagnosis because it's just it's just indigestion. Right, right. Like they knew it wasn't a real thing. Right. But then they got they started using this term, started using this term. It's like, no, you have gastrointestinal ref, you know, esophageal reflux disorder. And so what happens is that term catches on and the the diagnosis starts to peak around 2005. What's crazy is between 98 and 2005 when this term started making its way into popularity, ready for this? When they started prescribing the drugs for the condition, right? Esophageal adenocarcinoma, which is the real risky cancer associated with the drugs, it rose by 195%. Stop it. This is the same condition that the drugs are being accused of actually causing. And whether the drugs actually cause it or whether the reason that people are having this condition is because they're not actually addressing the cause of the problem, right? Right. To me is irrelevant. You're just kicking the can down the road and you're you're literally, you know, punting this down the road and it's going to create disease one way or another. Whether the drug is fast tracking you to disease or whether you're just ignoring the condition is fast tracking you to disease, that the the problem is, is still there that it's going to result in cancer ultimately. I listen, I know where you're going with this and I want you to keep going there, but I have to say this first because there's been two hammers that we have dropped so far and I mean we've only been talking for what 15 minutes so far, right? I mean we're 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 not even halfway in and there's been two huge hammers that we've dropped because there are some real challenges that we have when it comes to health. There is so much misinformation out there. And that's literally why we do this radio show because of the amount of misinformation out there. And there's all these quick fixes, there's these philosophies these pills, these potions, these lotions, there's all kinds of people guaranteeing that you're going to get results. And there's all these people in the world that are lobbying for your brain space, for your attention, for your time, for your finances. And ultimately what's going to happen is that you are going to end up paying the price, whether it's financially, whether it's time, mm. whatever it is mm. to, you are going to pay the price for it Absolutely. for people lying to us about these kind of conditions, for people creating conditions, for they people, make more pro they make more profits. Exactly. They pad their pockets. They buy nice cars. They exactly. do all this. And then you end up with cancer. Exactly. And there's two things that, we po- that we've always pointed out. And one of them, one of them in the first segment, you pointed out already that you can have two people sitting side by side eating the same meal. And one of them has GERD. One of them has acid reflux. One of them has acid reflux on a daily basis consuming meals. And they have a husband, a wife, a kid, a friend, a, a roommate, whoever sitting next to them eating the exact same meal. And they aren't having those same symptoms. Yeah. And so obviously it's not the food. Yep. It's the health of the host. Like that is what it is. That is, and, and that exploded somebody's mind in the first segment. That's a hammer that you drop there. Oh, wait till they hear how it works. Exactly. And the second thing is, is that is looking at that statistic that you just put out there on the drugs on on a drug that came on the scene for a condition, and then at X amount of years later, we have a hundred and and what percentage 
195% increase in, the, in cancer. 195% increase in cancer of the condition I know, the drug is I know, trying to treat. I know a young young kid, he was 15 years old when he came into my practice, and he had been on a reflux medication since he was born because he was born with reflux issues. And so he'd been on this drug for the better part of almost 15 years. And they actually, when they came into my office, they said, well, he's no longer on that drug. And I said, oh, really, why is that? Is he on a different drug or did they clear up? And they said, no. They had to, we had to take him off that drug because the drug actually came off the market because it was being shown to cause cancer in people who took it for greater than 10 years. Oh, my Lord. So here, here the kid has reflux, right? And his parents put him on the medication because they're told this is, this is how you control this. Right. But then 10 years later, they're like, you know what we didn't know was that we've done studies and like this is actually increasing the risk of cancer in people who've been out that long. So, you know, going back to the commercial, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. No, we've been How about nausea, to. heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea? Take our drug or our concoction, and then you, you, well, it'll relieve that, but give you cancer too. Right, 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 exactly. Because it's not addressing the cause of the problem. So let's let's uh, yeah, we got we let's got time to, to do cause. this. So let's yeah. get to the let's get to this. I'm going to teach you guys something. This is something profound that the more uh, the more I learn about the body in this context, and I know Ashley loves because I talk about this every time we do a community dinner. And if you've been to our community dinner, then you've heard it, but, but it is a good refresher because I promise you that you can't hear this enough. You ready? Here's how it goes. You eat a meal. You have enzymes in your saliva, and those enzymes help to break down whatever is in your mouth. And so what happens is you're chewing your food and you're producing saliva. There's an enzyme. One of them is called salivary amylase, and it helps break down starches. There's other enzymes. But as you're chewing... This is breaking down. Now, we say it breaks down starches, but it's actually breaking down multiple things digestively. But one of the things that's happening is that enzyme is reacting in your saliva, and it's reacting in a way where your nervous system and the receptors in your tongue and in your cheek are actually picking up on communication that's happening in the saliva. So as it's breaking down the food, the chemical reaction, your body is learning what's in your mouth. And in real time, real time, split seconds, it is taking that information and sending it to your brain, to an area in your brain, telling your brain what is in your mouth exactly on a, on a biochemical basis. Your brain is then within splits of a second, hundreds of a second, thousands of a second, sending information to your stomach, telling your stomach what's already on its way and coming. So your stomach starts producing certain chemicals like hydrochloric acid and pepsinogen and all this, and it's, it's producing a, a mixture of chemicals to break down the exact meal that's in your mouth. Not, you know, chicken, not what, but I'm talking about the Chipotle burrito that you just ate. It's telling your stomach, Hey, not just your, that Chipotle burrito, but your Chipotle burrito, the one with extra guac and, and, uh, queso fresco and, you know, no, no fajitas, uh, pinto beans and black beans and whatever your, you know, whatever your Chipotle recipe is, your brain knows exactly what's in your mouth and it's telling your stomach exactly what's in your mouth. So your stomach is producing the exact amount of acid and base to break down that exact meal, except for when it doesn't. And why wouldn't it? Because there's a problem sometimes. There's a problem that occurs in the communication from the mouth to the brain down to the stomach. What could cause that interference? Well, your nervous system is what's sending those signals. Nerves are going from your tongue to your brain, and there's nerve pathways going from your brain to your digestive system. And if there's any stress physically on those nerves that's causing a dysfunction in the way the nerves are communicating, signals too fast, too slow, you know, uh, aberrant signals where they're choppy, uh, stress signals, uh, tension on those nerves, 
damage on those nerves. If there's degeneration of those nerves, the stomach isn't getting the messages, or maybe the tongue isn't able to get the messages to the brain or the brain to the digestive system, or better yet, what if this, the digestive system isn't able to send messages back to the brain telling it that it's doing the right thing, and the brain keeps sending these relays? That's called discoordination, and it happens when you have subluxation in the spine and nervous system. Subluxations cause dysfunction, dis-ease, lack of proper communication in the body. Disease is what happens when dis-ease has happened for a long period of time. You start developing the condition that those symptoms are, are reflecting. So how how do two people sit down and, and sit there and eat the same meal? One has acid reflux and one doesn't because one of them has dysfunction and damage in their nervous system that's controlling the coordination and communication to their digestive system, and the other one does not. If that's you, you got to give us a call. 513-777-7575. Go on AlignHealthCenter.com and schedule a new patient appointment. We love to help you out. Acid reflux, GRD, they're like simple, simple fixes that do not require drugs. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because I want you guys to fully understand how we help this. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. We are the show about maximizing your health. No drugs, no surgery. Just like like getting healthy, paying attention to stuff that actually <laughs> has an effect on your health. You know, think about this right now. You know, when I when I speak to a group, I always say raise your hand, but like I I'm just gonna do it. Raise your hand if you're <laughs> if you're watching us on Facebook Live or you're listening to us on the radio. Raise your hand if you want more drugs and more surgery. No way. Didn't think so. No way. If you don't want more drugs and more surgery, then you got to get to the cause of the problem. So what we're talking about right now is acid reflux and indigestion, GERD. Um, If you missed the first part of this segment, go back and listen to the podcast on Align Your Health on um, iTunes or go to DrRyanLive.com and listen to the podcast there. Um, there's a great question that just came in live on, on, on our Facebook live that said, does eating an acidic, acidic food affect heartburn? Uh, yes, it can, but also eating a basic food can affect heartburn. If there's a, a lack of proper communication, if there's interference on the nerves, which we were just talking about in the last segment, then your stomach doesn't produce the right combination of acids or bases. So if you produce too much of a base, then you're not going to break down foods that require acid. If you eat too much of an acid and you're not producing enough of a base, you're not going to break down foods that require the base to break it down. So the two major chemicals are hydrochloric acid and pepsinogen. And so hydrochloric acid is an acid, pepsinogen is a base. And so if you eat an acidic food and you're not producing a base to neutralize it, then you get heartburn. If you're eating an acidic, uh, a basic food and you're producing too much acid, you can also get heartburn. When, when the problem goes the other way and there's too much base in the stomach, then what happens is you don't break down the food improperly. What, what that leads to typically down the road is more constipation, more issues with blockages because you didn't actually break down enough of the food. So great question. We appreciate that one coming in from Evelyn. Um, but here's the reality is it has very little to do with what we eat. There are foods like certain spicy foods tend to do it. But for some people, it's not spicy foods. For some people, it can be just meat, 
For some right. people, it can be right. um, it can be starches. For some people, it can be alcohol. For some people, it can be sugary foods that can do this. It just depends on what is going on in your environment and in your internal system. And so let's go back to this example for a second. And I'm going to I'm going to give the adult example and then you and I were talking about the infant example, right? Yeah. Yep. So the adult example is this. You eat a meal, the that exact meal whether it's Chipotle or we just ate Aladdin's eatery. Um, and so you eat that meal and you're breaking it down in your mouth. Your saliva is telling your brain exactly what's happening in your mouth. I'm talking about like literally as you mash it up. This is why chewing your food. So you Chew. want practical tips? Yep. Here's a practical tip. Other than seeing a chiropractor, chew the food. The more you chew the food and the longer you chew it down, the more it breaks down in your mouth, the longer of a time you give your nervous system to uh, evaluate what's going on inside your mouth. This is why you know the one clue was eat slower. Eat slower, yep. Why eat slower? They didn't tell you. They didn't give you any value on that. Right. It's almost like, oh my gosh, you ate too fast. Like, I mean, what happened? You inhaled too much air with your food (laughs) or you sucked down too much to it? No. Right. Chewing the food causes the salivary amylase to mix with the food, creates a chemical reaction, which in turn your brain gets to interpret. And when your brain gets to interpret that, it gets to communicate to your stomach what's happening in your mouth and your stomach gets to prep digestion. Right? Right. So it's a communication issue. Doesn't it make sense to you guys? Like, like isn't, this sim- isn't this concept really simple? You have a nervous system. You have a, a, a communication system in your entire body. And that communication system is telling everything, uh, every part of your body what's happening elsewhere in your body and telling it what it needs to know about other things that are happening. So wouldn't it make sense that the first place we would check is the communication system? Absolutely. And, you know, it makes so much sense that it's the first thing you check when you take your car in to get your car checked out. I love that example. Right. You take your car into an auto mechanic and he hooks it up. And he hooks up and starts reading all the sensors that are going off and where errors are coming in through your car's what? Through its electrical system. Its nervous system, basically. Right. right. Now, your car's not a living thing, but how many of you guys go in and if a mechanic didn't check anything, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to replace your... I don't know, upper bypass radiator hose or whatever <laughs> whatever the, the thing is, right? You'd be skeptical. You're like, mm, I don't even know if that's a part. But when they hook it up and they read the mechanics coming back and they're like, oh, you have a sensor going off over here saying that your upper bypass radiator hose isn't working. You're like... Oh, uh, so my car told you what was wrong. Well, yeah, you have the car. same thing in your body. Mm-hmm. We hook people up to a machinery called EMG, electromyelography, and we can read through the muscles how the nervous system is functioning. Another one we can do is thermography. We can do a rolling scan on a Titron unit or use uh, you know, computer-generated uh, pictures from a, a, a thermograph camera, and we can see where the stress or the irritation is in your body on the nerves and go, oh, wow, look at T6, the nerve coming out of T6. So if you guys have indigestion, it's coming from the middle back area in most cases. There are two areas that control function to the digestive system. One of them is T5 through 9. So go to your computer, type in T5 through 9, you know, Merrick chart, Merrick system, T5 through 9. Look up T5 through 9. Guess where it goes? Stomach, esophagus, gallbladder, any of the organs of of upper digestive function. If there is stress on the nerves at T5 through 9, this is why when people get in a car accident, like myself a few years ago, 
Seatbelt crosses you right where? T5 through 9 on your chest. Boom, you get ripped over the seatbelt. What do you have the next day? Acid reflux indigestion because T5 through 9 is injured and those nerves go directly to your uh, digestive system. The other area that influences digestion is in the upper neck, C1, C2. There's a nerve called the vagus nerve. There's also a nerve called the glossopharyngeal nerve. That sounds big. The vagus nerve and the glossopharyngeal nerve both control parasympathetic function to your digestive system. So if your upper neck is out and maybe you get headaches, maybe you have a stiff neck now and then, maybe um, you know you get sinus-related issues, but you also have a symptom of acid reflux, that might be because you have pressure on either the glossopharyngeal nerve or the nerve that's controlling um, healing to your digestive system called your vagus nerve. So let's give the kids example of this, okay? Yes. So a child's born. We went through, if, uh, if you want to know the, the stats on this, go back. Uh, do you remember the name of the episode that talked about, um, we, were, we were talking about children and subluxation when they're born? You know, I don't remember the exact name, but it's on it there. It was a couple weeks ago. Yep. Go to our podcast, listen to that episode, because we went over a Harvard study that talked about 80% of all births in the United States end with uh, spinal trauma particularly the upper cervical spine, due to the fact that when they pull, twist, you know, C-section, forceps, et cetera, there's over 80 to 100 pounds of force that are put directly on the, the head and neck, and then they start twisting and injuring. Well, what that does is it injures that same area, that vagus nerve area, and it starts disrupting. Guess what the vagus nerve is responsible for via the parasympathetic nervous system? Rest, digest, and healing. So these kids have neck trauma. What do they have? digestive issues, right? trouble sleeping, yep, and they're not healing very well. Therefore, their immune systems are taxed. So they have ear infections, et cetera. And so by getting them checked and getting their nervous system checked, it's amazing that those kids are able to then digest food properly, sleep properly. If you're a parent and you're hearing this, Ash, what number do they call? Absolutely. 513-777-7575. And then just we said like lately the best way is actually Absolutely. a website. Absolutely. You can go online. You can go to alignhealthcenter.com and you can and you can request your new patient appointment there. That's awesome. You guys are listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. We'll wrap this up coming up. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health. I'm sitting here with my wife, Ashley, and we are on 55KRC, the talk station, talking about acid reflux, indigestion, GERD, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, (laughs) if you know that song. Right. And uh, we were just um, just talking about how you know, what can we do? What are the practical steps? You have indigestion, heartburn, you know, GERD. How do you get away from the medication? Um, and, and here's the thing. It's not our job to pull you guys off medication. We, we don't heal anything. As a chiropractor, I want to be real clear. Number one, it's not my job to diagnose every condition and treat every condition. We don't treat any conditions. Nope. We don't heal you. In fact, there's not a doctor in the world that heals you. You heal yourself in every situation. Our job, my job as a chiropractor... Any doctor's job is to set up the best possible environment for healing. So how do we set up the best possible environment for healing? We don't heal you. In fact, we don't even treat the condition. We remove the interference. We help your body support Jesus heals. Someone commented on Facebook Live. Absolutely. God put the power in the body that does the healing. 
That's where the creation came from. Our job is to support it and work with it and honor it. And so how do we do that? Well, you want to be eating the right things. You want to be taking care of your body in the right way. You want to be getting adjusted and removing the interference like we talked about a few minutes ago. But what are some of the practical things that we can do? What are some of the very practical things that we can do to make sure that we are setting up the best possible environment for healing? Right. So, I mean, number one, absolutely, positively, you have to be getting adjusted. Chiropractic care. Chiropractic care. So what's the tool you were talking about? We talked about this Surface EMG, and you were intrigued by this, and you want to talk a little more about it. What's the tool that we use? Yeah, so we use Surface EMG in our office. Um, We So Surface EMG, it's a computerized testing. It's developed by NASA. Okay, so at every single level down the spine, it's going to be able to read where the nerves are being damaged and it's going to show exactly where those nerves go. All right. So um, so you can you can look and, and listen, this is beautiful. We did a community dinner last night. We have a printout sheet and we can show we show people exactly where nerves are innervated through. And, and then we even link them up to what's going on in their bodies, what organs those touch, what what processes those affect in their body. So what right? you're saying is when we do that scan, what Ashley's saying is that scan will show us exactly what parts of your nervous system have the most stress on them. Therefore, we can then take an X-ray and know what to be looking for, you know, where to be looking for a problem. Why is there stress on that nerve? So the the EMG scan shows us where the stress is and how much stress is on it. So when you start healing, we can see that EMG scan change, but the x-ray shows us exactly where and exactly what the problem is. Is the bone out of position? Is it stuck in an abnormal position? Is there a curve in the spine that shouldn't be there? Is there a curve that should be there that isn't there? So we know how to go about correcting that. So chiropractic care, number one. Number two, stop consuming stuff that's so acidic. Not just spicy food, but pop. Carbonated beverages, even sparkling waters to some degree. Start drinking things that are more alkaline. Water is a huge one. Ashley's drinking one right here that everyone always thinks is a beer when we come into the studio. <laughs> um, we do, Chris, in the radio Chris, station. Our buddy Chris yep. Nazitsky thought it was a beer. He just commented and texted right. us. That's right. Um, this is kombucha. This is a a um, fermented tea. So number one, the fermented part is really good for the digestive system, but it's very alkaline in its nature because of the fermentation process. So it's amazing on the digestive system. It helps to really support digestion. Another one that we do is apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So this is actually, um, I played tennis this morning. And so this is actually my post recovery. It's a tough tough life. It's a a tough (laughs) life. Play tennis, come into the radio show. It is a tough life because I lost. Um, Anyway, so so you, this is what I drink. This is what I had in my water bottle. So I took... um, um, I took a full, this is 40 ounces of water that I put in there. And then I put in two ounces of apple cider vinegar inside that. And then I also put some Celtic sea salt in there just to get some minerals, um, in, into my water. Now I also, that can taste, um, because of the amount of water that I have, um, it really cuts the taste of the apple cider vinegar. So it isn't so heavy for me, but I still like to throw a couple drops of lemon essential oil in there or squeeze some fresh lemon in there. Um, and it gives you an amazing taste. It's a great post-workout recovery drink. It's a great Absolutely. drink to, um, to yeah, for someone who has um, acid reflux, any indigestion things going on, um, it's a beautiful drink to really just calm everything so down. Just to recap that, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, anywhere from a tablespoon up to maybe an ounce into 20 to 40 ounces of water, a little bit of Himalayan salt and some lemon essential oil. If you are a sugar addict, put in a touch of stevia, just yeah. a little tiny, tiny, tiny touch of stevia to sweeten it up. And you have an amazing alkaline sports drink. This will beat Gatorade any day of the week. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, someone said my neck hurts from watching sideways. From on sideways. We'll make sure we get this corrected next time on Facebook Live. But 
That is a great, um, great sports drink to be using. Um, and a great uh, alkaline drink to be using if you have acid reflux. You can be drinking that throughout the day. It's great after meals. Some people can shoot the apple cider vinegar straight. Yes, and that you will really guys are champions. I do that. You guys, you're the you're hardcore. Yep. But um, the other thing, one of the things that we love is we we use um, DoTerra essential oils, and we love they're just the highest uh, quality and purity of essential oils out there. And there's been some awesome testing to show their purity and potency. Um, through, uh, you know, through, uh, the, the testing methods, gas, uh, uh, spectrometry, uh, mass spectrometry and gas chromatography to show how potent these oils are and that you're getting the right, uh, you know, the right chemicals to affect any given condition. There's been tons of research done on a blend of essential oils that includes peppermint and, um, Anise and uh, what are some of the other ones in there um, that had to give off the licorice flavor? You know what? I fennel, fennel. Yep, yep. Those are all really supportive to the digestive system, and so we use an essential oil blend called Digest Zen. And that essential oil blend, if you are using it, what it does is it really supports normal digestion. That's the compliant way of saying it helps out with any of the symptoms that could be <laughs> associated with. Abnormal digestion. <laughs> right. Um, so when I was pregnant, I carried this sucker in my pocket every single place that I went and rubbed it on um, quite frequently. Oh, why would you have indigestion when you're pregnant? Um, there was a lot. <laughs> everything what was happens to your posture around, when you're pregnant? Right. My po- Yep. Yep. Your I, head comes forward. Yep. You lean back to deal with the weight of the belly. And inevitably what happens is as the baby grows and everything starts co- creeping up and pushing up against the rib cage and the diaphragm. Eventually, you start rounding from the middle back right. to get pressure off of your lower back and to deal with the forward head posture that develops. Okay, five and posture, right? T5 through 9 takes yep. on a really big brunt of that stress. And what, what area supplies nerves the upper digestive system, Ashley? T5 through? T5 through 9. Oh, look T5, at that. <laughs> T5, T5 through, through nine. 9 ends up really stressed out. It's not that you have a hairy baby. Right. You've heard the old wives' tale. <laughs> You have Ashley had all this acid reflux. She's like, our baby's gonna come out with like tons of hair. It came out with no hair. Oh yeah, I've never literally. Had a, our daughter I, didn't have hair till she was like one and a half. Yeah, I've never had a baby born with hair ever, and I've had acid reflux every single time. So, so um, acid reflux when you're pregnant doesn't mean you have a hairy baby. It means that you have a baby, <laughs> and it might have hair, it might not have hair, um, but it has nothing to do with how much hair. Right. So, question: Do you deal with IBS? Um, is there any uh, comparison associated? Yeah, when when there's upper digestive function, it always creates lower digestive function dysfunction. When yes. there's upper digestive dysfunction, it creates lower digestive dysfunction. And the same thing is true when we talk about uh, acid reflux indigestion, uh, GERD. That if there is a um, if there are damaged signals from the nerves going from your brain to your lower digestive organs, like your small intestine, then you're going to have symptoms of IBS in that scenario. When people have symptoms of IBS, there is a discoordination, a dysfunction, a, a, a tremendous amount of stress on the system that's controlling, regulating the digestive processes. And therefore, one minute they can have symptoms of diarrhea, one minute they can have symptoms of constipation. And it can kind of go back and forth and back and forth like that because there is just a lack of proper function. So, um, I think we I think we kind of hit it today. I think we nailed it today. I love it. I love this. This is this doesn't mean go out and eat all the junk you want. Right. This isn't a license to then now have the pizza and this and that and eat too much of that stuff. This is just you know understand that what you eat does matter, but there are lots of people who eat all the wrong things and still 
don't get acid reflux. So you can't blame it entirely on what you eat. Um, this means you can step away from the Rolaids. You can step away from the Tums. You can, you know, not necessarily feel like you need to reach out to your doctor for the medication. What you do instead is do the couple tips we gave you. Try the essential oil. Try, try drinking the apple cider vinegar in the water first. Um, do some breathing exercises, but get adjusted for God's sakes. That's the number one thing. Absolutely. It just makes so much sense. Everyone should have a chiropractor. Thank you guys. Have a great week. We enjoy uh, having you here. Give us a call, 513-777-7575, or check us out on www.alignhealthcenter.com. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.